Hi, I'm Holly Cairns, a TD for Cork Southwest, and this is my podcast. Hi, welcome to Inside the Chamber. Today we're going to go through some frequently asked questions uh, from people when I see them, but also ones that have come in on Instagram. It is, what is your favourite thing about being a TD and what is your least favourite thing? Um, my least favourite thing is definitely... I was going to say the media, but namely going on TV. I suppose that's the thing I hate the most. It's just because I get so nervous. Um, and has that gotten easier since you've done more TV or is it still a struggle? I still find it really hard. I think I used to get that nervous going into the doll as well. And I don't get that nervous going into the doll every day now. So obviously time does help. But yeah, no, I still get so nervous with TV, radio, anything like that. And then I almost feel like a kid after a birthday party and you get all excited kind of and you're so tired afterwards it's like all nervous and so tired afterwards that feeling um and then oftentimes though if those things are like if say it's the tonight show you're finished at 11 o'clock in virgin media studios and then by the time you get back into city center you go to sleep so late and then you're up pressing normally for disability committee and then the long drive down and sometimes i'm like I'm dangerously tired for this drive (laughs) so yeah for loads of reasons I think I don't like it but it is so important then with certain issues you just feel like you have to go on to kind of amplify them and it it is really good for that so pros and cons obviously that's definitely my least favorite bit the nerves for radio and tv and favorite bit is I suppose like before going into politics I remember just feeling so frustrated Mm -hmm. um like and such particular issues but I remember listening to the Irish Times Women's podcast when I was going for a walk with Hey Hey and there was uh, Maeve O'Rourke and Connell O'Flaherty on about um, redress for Magdalene laundries and stuff and I remember just feeling like I don't understand why politicians don't do more you know and I remember feeling the same just like kind of bewilderment with things like the Greyhound Racing funding being like I don't understand why people just won't say this is ridiculous um, and then feeling so unrepresented around repeal and stuff like that that it's nice just to be able to say the things that you wish were being said Yeah, you know I feel like there was so many of us that just didn't feel represented and I knew that there was a more kind of progressive population here that weren't represented it's really nice to be able to say those things that I wish had been said and maybe it's because you used to get so frustrated with politicians not saying things in case of, because it would lose them votes and yeah. like not saying the hard things and just saying re- politicians are saying ridiculous things like the greyhound racing funding and just not saying anything about mother mediums avoiding it avoiding contentious issues yeah um trying to please everybody and well there's that expression if you try and be everything to everybody you become absolutely nothing to anybody mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened over the years i think to fianna fall they're always like what way's the wind blowing and then we'll go with that and then just became pointless um and like what an example that we're seeing of that now is so frustrating I think one of the reasons I wanted to go into politics as well that like we have to reduce our emissions you know climate change there's the science there's like it's actually terrifying we think about it the the amount of the world that become uninhabitable Imagine like we're trying to deal with everyone coming over from Ukraine now and we don't have the housing, we don't have the infrastructure and like the amount of immigration that would be caused from climate change, the amount of displaced communities and everything is just going to be unbelievable. And it's like, meanwhile in Ireland, in Irish politics, 
politicians don't want to say that we should reduce our emissions because they think it's going to lose them votes in rural areas. And that just blows my mind. I think it's so disappointing that that seems to be the majority of our public representatives. Like in the article in the Business Post recently, the Social Democrats were the only party to say we wanted to um, reduce our emissions to the, the top amount in every sector, including the agriculture sector. And like all the other parties are just trying to avoid it because they feel like it's going to lose them votes. And like it's frustrating because it's such an important issue that they're playing such short term politics with. Mm-hmm. And then it's also I just think that the people really underestimate the electorate. It's like a particularly like rural communities. It's like they think that we're stupid because we live in a rural area. It's like they think that because we're farmers, we don't understand that we have to reduce emissions in the sector. And like any farmer I speak to. They want to make sure they can make a living. Absolutely. So like a plan would be nice. <laughs> we have to reduce the emissions. Here's how we do it. Instead of saying, no, no, we're not going to reduce plumosing people, basically. No, we're not going to reduce emissions in agriculture. And then we know that if we don't do that, that the energy and transport sectors will have to reduce theirs by so much more that it's not actually possible, literally, scientifically. So people are playing politics with people's future. <laughs> all over the world you know I just think that when you kind of zoom out and think about how pathetic that style of politics is in Ireland it is really depressing and it's nice to be able to just say I think we should reduce our emissions you know at the top level in the agriculture sector as well instead of just it's nice to be able to say what I wish somebody would have said before I went into politics basically and I think that um, people would like now plan so you know like that some parties didn't even vote in favour of the carbon tax because that seems unpopular too. We did vote for a carbon tax and we think that that tax should be used to make sure that when we're making these changes in the agriculture sector, the people don't, you know, fall off a cliff, kind of. That's the whole purpose of things like carbon tax for a just transition. And like despite Jen's best efforts, um, if it was Jennifer Whitmore, um, climate spokesperson for Social Democrats, and she's on the committee, like the amount of amendments at every stage to try and get a definition of a just transition into the Climate Action Bill. Didn't happen. What are TDs like outside of the chamber? Like, are they throwing dirty looks at each other? Is it very civil? There's a bit of both. There is a bit of both. And it depends on the week as well. Like, it depends what you're doing. I've had a lot of, like, of TDs really disliking me kind of in and outside of the chamber, to be honest. Like... Um, yeah and it can be very hostile and then a really like I think uniquely negative work environment where you're actually like in the same building working with people who are pointedly hating you you know Um, there's a bit of both but then like there are some TDs I get on really well with outside of the chamber like I really like NASA Horrigan Um, it's an example it's very it's very varied Okay. I'm so wary I'm like what can I say what yeah, can't yeah. I say I can already see the headlines <laughs> it was only a few months ago as I got in and I got into the, the visitors gallery and it really struck me like how much smaller the chamber looks in person. it's tiny like the television looks so yeah. big but like is it a bit like I think is it is it, how do you feel then like you're obviously a lot closer to a minister when you're telling them they're not doing a great job does that feel a bit weird or? it's very confrontational yeah um yeah it does 
But like, and sometimes, but you can't let that phase you, you know? I think there, I remember there was one time, I can't remember who I was asking a question to. I think it might have been Heather Humphreys. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be kind of mean to her, you know? Um, <laughs> not that you're being mean, but do you know what I mean? Mm. But then it's like, act, like the re, you know, the reason you're there is to hold them to account. Like it's not about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of being sound to each other and, you know, pats on the back or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, but it's very and so small. And so when you don't realize how small it is, looking at the TV, you don't realize how steep those steps are. So like the actual fear of falling down those steps <laughs> when it's you know all recorded live, terrifying. If you're a teller on a vote, if you call a vote, there has to be two names on it, and then after the vote happens, the tellers go up to make sure that it's correct, and you have to go up and sign it. That is when I'm going to fall down the stairs. <laughs> When everyone's there. I can feel it. You'll make the news anyway. I apparently somebody did fall down before. Really badly though. Because oh, no. like I'd say you just keep going. It's so <laughs> steep. You wouldn't just land on a step. They're small and they're... And you know a lot of times like this, you know, with high heels. Oh yeah. Oh. I remember you messaging me. It must have been sometime this term. You had gotten hiccups and you were due to speak <laughs> and you were panicking. <laughs> okay, if you like Lauren Jardis, what would you do? Yeah. I think I was sending you tips on how to get, get rid, rid of them. Hiccups, yeah. Sucking a lemon is probably the best because it does give you because the fright does work, but shock. you can't okay. give yourself a shock. But sucking a lemon, no matter what, gives your taste bud a shock. Like even thinking about it gives you that. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, luckily they went away. What would you do if you had the hiccups and you were going to speak in the middle? Would you do it or would you not? Oh gosh, the problem is it would. You know, you'd just be thinking of the video that would be made of it. Totally, yeah, yeah. Be I suppose yeah. the thing to do then is like, if you really want, no, it wouldn't work. I was going to say, if you really want to get an issue out there, you could <laughs> you be, speak on it with the hiccups, well, okay, and then right, it would get you, out. You get the coverage, yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the journalists start chewing in, in. yeah. <laughs> she's got the hiccups. She's trying to speak. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> oh, be awful. Mm. Be and be hard not to just kind of. Not fall apart, like no. <laughs> no. when you're yeah. speaking through them. Yeah, laugh or just get too embarrassed, or <laughs> I don't know yeah, yeah, something. Something. Yeah. something Fair enough. Would have to give. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else do we have? Oh yeah, someone wants to know how come we don't hear you talk on housing, or how it's always disability or agriculture. Yeah, and that is basically it's it works better to not try and be a jack of all departments like you hone in and focus on particular issues and divvy them out within your political party. So, like, because housing is such a massive issue and we get so much into the office and that we do a lot of work, you know, separately in terms of housing issues. But in terms of speaking in the dole, that is Keen's brief. Keen O'Callaghan, another Social Democrat TD based in Dublin. Um, and, yeah, so his whole team and whole focus would be on housing all the time, whereas we'd be focusing on agriculture and disability so, yeah, I think sometimes people are like, well, why aren't you raising housing more? I would direct everybody to Keanu Callan, who does incredible work on that. Um, and all the kind of legislation stuff that he's working on, he sits on the housing committee. So as a party, we have a massive focus on housing, on health. Roisin is covering that. Uh, Catherine will be on public accounts and justice. Jennifer on climate. Um, Gary on foreign affairs and uh, education. So... It just makes more sense for us to do each one really well rather than all of us trying to be, you know, on top of everything. 
all parties do that. See that the spokesperson for housing, the spokesperson for health. Okay. It allows us, yeah, I think it allows us to build up expertise as well, yeah. which is very useful. Mm. And because then you use the committee work, so because hobbies on children's and disability matters, that you know you you're we're building up more knowledge, we're building up more contacts, and then when it, when a minister says something, you're a bit like, no, that's not right because this was raised in the committee before. Whereas even something like I suppose we we'd find it more slightly more difficult in that despite trying very hard and coming very close Holly didn't get on the ag committee mm. and so then when you're trying to do ag stuff there's where there's more work on our behalf to raise those questions and issues because we're not doing it day in day out yeah whereas where you're on that committee you really build it up exactly. and then and, and we, and we, we, we still do it because you need to but I suppose it's just more we're more fluent in the other areas yeah absolutely yeah. I'd love to have been on the agriculture committee yeah and in so- a way I'm, I love the committee I'm on though as well yeah it's you suppose you can't be on everything. And that's something I definitely didn't know before the TV, how much time we spend on committees. Like, when you think about it, six hours of public meetings a week, two hours of private meetings a week. And then for, like, particularly with the Children's Committee, so much goes through that. So all of the legislation in relation to mother and baby homes, for example, we would have had five-hour private committees on that regularly for months. You know, so the amount of time that goes into that, if you bother to show up, which some TVs don't, Mm-hmm. Um, is a lot and I don't think you realise that as a general public I didn't know that like you, you just see the door yeah. that's all you see coming out from journalists from the odd time you see committees on the spotlight if there's like a scandal you know when there was the Zappone gate thing and it was all eyes on the Foreign Affairs Committee because Simon Coven had to come in and explain himself to that committee that's the only time you notice the committee's going on but ultimately that's where all the work is happening the door is a bit more theatre and okay. the committee is where the work goes down, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, another couple of questions, yeah. random ones that have come in through Instagram. Someone wants to know, um, fobbing in, because I think, how does that work for a TD? So TDs have to be fobbed in. That's where you like have a little fob that you hit off a little device in Leinster House and it comes up then one, two every day. Counts up your days. You have to be there for 120 days. That is more than the number of sitting days. So, like, it makes sense that they bought the system in because I think it came out of, there was TDs from rural areas who never went up at all and they were focused on, like, just being in their area, basically being a super councillor and getting all the votes and never going to present their house and doing their job, which is, like, legislation on a national scale that also has an impact on your constituency. Um, so they bought in this fobbing system that you, to make sure TDs were up in Leinster House. And if you weren't, then you don't get as much expenses. But more importantly, the newspaper will report on it. But the kind of fudge of it in a way is that you have to be there for more days than what are sitting days. And like, there's no, I, I don't want to be up in Dublin when the doll's not sitting. What's the purpose of that, you know? But uh, ultimately, yeah, you have to fob in for 120 days. Oh, I see. So if you didn't fob in for 120 days, the headline would be Holly Cairns yeah. isn't showing up to the doll or is missing days on the doll, that kind of a thing. Yeah, and understandably then, if you're the general public, you're like, oh, right, you couldn't even show up to work, like, you know? Yeah. Um. So, I, I and I think that's fair enough. We should, like, fob in for the number of days, but we have to fob in for more than that number of days. So to be fair, like, it's not too bad. Oftentimes I'd have to go up on a Monday evening anyway to be there very early on a Tuesday morning. Um. So... You know, it works out, not too bad. But like you would have seen during the pandemic, like when there was 
you know, no unessential journeys. And then it's like TDs driving from rural areas to Fab Inn. Talk yeah. about unessential. Absolutely. <laughs> um, where do you stay when you're in Dublin? Um, I stay in a hotel, which sounds so glamorous, but it's actually not. <laughs> I used to love staying in hotels before I became a TD because it's so nice. We've got like fresh sheets that you didn't put on yourself, all that kind of stuff. Um, but staying in a hotel every week is like, it's just you and the four walls when you're not in Leinster House. Um, but because I stay there so much, it actually, I, you know, does almost feel like a second home now. And ultimately, the cost of renting and everything in Dublin, unbelievably, it's cheaper to stay in a hotel than it would be to rent. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I stay very close to Leinster House because I'm kind of done with the commute after the long drive. So you do spend a lot of time in the car. you do in the car. For five hours. I listen to the same podcasts every week. All right. Um, so and yeah, actually, lots of people I think who engage with us on social media and stuff are getting more and more into politics. So oh, okay. I'm going to listen to that in case anyone has interest in listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally listen to the first section of Louise McSharry's podcast, where she covers kind of like the news of the week and stuff like that. And I think she does it in a in a way that's really nice and fun to listen to. And if you're not like a complete political nerd like Richard, <laughs> then you might like it. Um, you just want to see what's going on. And she normally has Aoife Moore, journalist uh, from The Examiner, on with her. And then I listen to the RT Europolitics podcast, uh, normally hosted by Sandra Hurley, and there'll be Paul Cunningham, Michael Lehan. You'd recognise them all from the RT News, but they do a political podcast as well. And then there's a new one, I was delighted. New, imagine, new political podcast. Um, it's the Virgin Media crowd, so it's kind of like the Virgin Media version nearly of the um, Your Politics one. It's called The Group Chat. Zara King, uh, Richard Chambers and Gavin Riley doing their news roundup of the week. Uh, it's slightly different in like in that at the end of it, they like start talking about Love Island and stuff like that. But um, it's at the end, so if you're not interested in that bit, you can just switch it off, which is what I do. But, uh, <laughs> um, and then I listened to the Irish Times Inside Politics one. Um, Jenna, Holly, do you listen to anything that isn't politics? Mm. I listened to My Therapist Goes to Me. Oh, yeah. And um, Mick Clifford's podcast isn't always politics. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, uh, mainly. But sometimes it's completely random. Like he interviewed, um, you know, the way people always reference him in the doll, the serial objector him the guy who objects to every oh, yeah. all yes. the different like all um, over the country kind of yeah and it was so interesting Mick Clifford did a podcast with him because actually a former Fine Gael TD or minister's son or something but um people just always you know and they constantly use him as this mudguard so they blame him for the forestry backlog and everything like the Taoiseach we would say that well some you know they're serial objectors as if like this one man is responsible for the government's failure to plant trees but anyway it was just interesting because just an insight into that character. Like, it seemed like he was actually just interested in, no, that's wrong. That like, In terms of planning law, that shouldn't be granted rather than a particular environmental cause or anything like that. Because a lot of it was uh, felling licenses and stuff. So I think I certainly had the perception that it was coming from an environmental angle, not necessarily an interest in them getting the law right. You know, it's mm. a good podcast, but kind of random things like that. <laughs> um, and what else? I think that's pretty much all I do in the car. Then I listen to music. Initially, I used to do phone calls on it, but that would wear me out because you kind of do shout when you're using loudspeaker in the car. Yeah. 
no matter what. And then my voice would be like nearly going. Then I spent the whole week obviously talking in the toll and stuff. Remember, I got laryngitis, I couldn't work. I didn't realize how important my voice was for my job until that day. Um, and yeah, then I stopped doing that because I was like, maybe I do just need to kind of have that time to catch up for one on different bits from those podcasts do help you to keep up what's going on get in the in the zone um but now the more time goes on the more time I spend in the car I actually like it hurts my hip my right hip I feel like I've just aged so much since I went into politics I've got a dodgy hip from the height of driving so I like it less and less and less because I just don't want to sit consistently in that position so much now this summer obviously you're going to be in recess now until September is it? Yeah. Um, so you don't have to drive up and down to Dublin every week. Thank God. There's so much to catch up on in the constituency as well. Oftentimes we're, there's so much coming into the office, different requests for meetings and stuff that we're always trying to, on, on a Monday we're trying to retire, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what we can, what we can't do. And I spoke about that envy of Dublin TDs, just to be able to be in your constituency and get to different things and meet the different groups and all that. It's nice to be able to catch up on that and give the old hip a break. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think there'll be an election soon? Mm, Everyone doesn't. Everyone thinks that the election will be 2025 because that's when it's due to be and because the local election is 2024 and everyone kind of speculates that like it would make sense for everyone to see what the lay of the land is after the locals and then go into the generals. But me and Richard both think that it's quite likely there would be one. Just the government doesn't seem that stable. Like, they are. They have the numbers. And I think that no confidence motion, everything last week, some people were asking me, like, oh, my God, will they win? Like, 100%. They were never not going to win. They have the numbers. Not worried about them. And they could lose a few more and still have the numbers. But it's like things like CETA. You know, they've just delayed that because they know it makes their government so unstable. But they can't put that off forever. And then when we have the changeover back to... Fine Gael in government, I think they'd be more likely to want an election and Fianna Fáil would start to feel more and more invisible. And then they just kind of create a tension, I'd say, and they just, it just doesn't feel like they're that stable. Um, and you know the way there's those things that just, in politics, like suddenly it's just the big thing come out of nowhere. I guess it just feels like they're... If I was betting, I'd say there'd be one before 25, but... Popular opinion is that the election will be in twenty twenty five. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there something there's a lot of tension there. Yeah, again, like you said, it's something that nobody's going to expect, and it'll come up. You'd have and to that, have that's what we'll do. Is ready. And there, yeah, their cabinet reshuffle could cause tensions as well. Because well, I don't think they will reshuffle the cabinet, but everyone's saying they will. But imagine if you spent two years getting to know your cabinet. <laughs> Good timing, eh? Um, <laughs> two years getting to know your cabinet. Brief. Or your, yeah, sorry, your, your, portfolio. your portfolio, and then you move into another one. Like, I just think if you were like, what's a really bad way to manage this term of government? Oh, let's flip around all the ministers halfway through. So like, you're like finally getting to grips with this. You're into education or whatever. Just doesn't make any sense. So I think they'll probably, they, they should just swap out Mihal and Leo. But if they actually start to move people out of briefs, you get a lot of disgruntled new backbenchers. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds too messy. I can't believe they're going to do it, but everyone says they're going to do it. So that could cause a bit of upset as well. 
Um, but yeah, you'd suspect that Fianna Gael would quite like an election because they'll become the kind of bigger, just FFG. They're kind of all the one now to a lot of people, but one of them is going to stay going and it doesn't look like it's going to be Fianna Fáil. So <laughs> probably like, would be quite delighted to have one as well. Hard to know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm just thinking about the logistics of the mm. snap election. Like, <laughs> Actually, that's where your mind like, is. Yeah, like, like, no, please no. Where are the posters? Like, yeah, yeah. how, yeah. I says, would you welcome an election? Yeah. I do think that we need an election. I don't think... You know, there was such a vote for change in the last election and we just really didn't get it then. But we now know it's so close that there'll be no more FFFG government. Um, and like they're just like you would kind of think that maybe a, an election like that might be the kind of kick they needed to do things a little bit differently and you, or you'd hope that that might happen oh look you know we will we'll do this or we'll do that like housing's gotten worse since this government formed less trees planted over a million people now in waiting lists. I mean, you just, I just, I think we need a new government, so I would kind of like to have an election. Obviously then, when <laughs> you're TD, you're like, that's the thing. TDs are like the dread, like it's so, it's such an experience going through an election or whatever, but it's really not about us, is it? So ultimately, I do think we need one. Um, and yeah, sure, look, we'd be better at it this time. We've done two now. <laughs> Two out of two. Yeah. Out of two, yeah, yeah. For listeners who might know that I first met Claire, the first door I ever knocked on in my life was with Claire in Skib for yeah. repeal. And first door I knocked on as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of the FAQs. Um, but um, we'll answer more as they come in. And I think next week we're thinking about doing, um, looking through the how the legislative process works, like taking people through the stages of a bill and stuff like that. I think that's a things people are interested in. So good to know. And you wouldn't have a clue unless somebody like Richard explained it to you. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Super. Please follow me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Safety Net by Riot, taken from the YouTube Audio Library.